time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Hey, we're back to basics on today's show of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting. Retirement Savings Basics is our topic today. What's the purpose of all the different accounts that you may have in your portfolio? We're going to talk about that because not all retirement accounts are created equal, and it's actually crucial to understand the differences and maybe the advantages or disadvantages of various accounts in that portfolio so that you can know which are the best choices for your future, or at least what's the purpose of having each of these things inside of your financial life. So, Glenn, looking forward to this conversation with you. We've got a, a, a well, this is like our fair warning to, to listeners. We've got a lot of uh, abbreviations and some some letters and numbers and things like that that we're going to be throwing at people today. So, we'll try and keep all of that uh, as simple as possible and focus more on on just the true uh, the, the why behind all of these things. Uh, are you ready to go today? Yeah, Walter. Let's do it. All right, perfect. So let's start off with some uh, some of those terms that may be familiar to listeners. So 401ks and 403bs, and we're also going to lump into this category 457 plans. They're all kind of uh, brothers, sisters, or cousins of one another, right? <laughs> yes, they're definitely in the same family, right? So, you know, you're you're going to see these plans, you know, as uh places that you can that you can um save for retirement, you know, through work, right? I mean, they're 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 normally put in place, you know, in a workplace plan. The 401k, I think the vast majority of folks are pretty familiar with. The 403b is is extremely similar, you know, it you you see that in a, um, you know, in, in nonprofit organizations and so forth. And then, the, you know, the 457s are, you know, are additional you know, ways of, of putting money away. It's kind of like a deferred compensation, if you will. And sometimes if, you know, if you've already maxed out your, uh, put as much as you, as you can into, into some of the other plans, some, some uh, different uh, jobs or positions or different, uh, different companies will have those opportunities as well to be able to put money away for retirement and so forth. So what's the uh, what's real the purpose or the crux of those accounts as you see it in people's portfolios and and how they should properly use them to prepare for retirement? Right. Well, I mean, the, so so typically, I mean, you're going to have you're going to have the you know the ability in, in a lot of cases to ch- pick and pick and choose between traditional type of accounts and what we what we mean by traditional is tax deferred, right? You put money into the account, you know, prior to paying taxes, which you know, you're in essence you're putting you know some of your wages in there, and then the, with the agreement that you're making with the government is is that when you take it out in your retirement years, you know, you'll then be paying taxes on that then. And of course, then any gains that, that you know that occur in there would also be you know be taxed just the same way as, as your wages would have been you know since you're, since you're putting it in there pre-tax. And then there are also on a lot of cases and, and, and more and more you're, you're seeing it you know it's 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 almost rare now that you don't see um, Roth 401ks or 403b options for for folks. But those are those are you know where you put money away after you've paid the taxes. And so you know you pay the taxes now, you put it in, put it away for retirement, and then what you put in there and the growth on it is then, you know, then becomes tax-free, assuming that a couple of I's are dotted and T's are crossed, you know, and, and rules are followed and those kinds of things. There are tremendous vehicles to be able to save for retirement and, you know, and, and build that nest egg up. And one of the biggest reasons why, or a couple of reasons why is, is, you know, when you when you have payroll deductions, it just happens automatic, makes it simple for a lot of folks. 
And, you know, and then your contribution limits are, are significantly higher than some of the other things that you might do, you know, on your own. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about IRAs and, and those kinds of things. But the, with the workplace plans, if you have the, the ability to and, you know, and you have, you have enough you know, cash flow in your, in your wages and you can put significant you know, amount of dollars you know, away and to reach age 50 and, and beyond, then you, you, know, you have what's called catch-up provisions where you can put even more aside. So you know, they have a lot of, you know, of, of life, I guess is probably a good way to put it, you know, as they're in their 20s and 30s and you know, they're getting started and you know, buying their home and you know, getting, you know, you know, starting to have kids and then all the, all the things that come along with that and college and so forth. So a lot of times folks have comes in very handy to have those catch-up provisions because sometimes they they haven't um, maybe put away as much as they would have liked you know for retirement early on and and so we you know we get the opportunity with these types of accounts to be able to uh, you know to you know to tuck money away and um, and you know and so it's a little tricky in terms of trying to figure out well how which ones do you use and how do you use it I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that a lot of it has to do with um, what you think your uh, your retirement picture might look like, what the tax code might look like, or what you think you know where tax rates might be when you retire, as to you know what you know what different ones you might use or a combination thereof, right? It's not necessarily all of this or all of that. It might be some of this and some of that too, you know. And maybe maybe you use some of the traditional plans and some Roth as well. So it's a uh, individual dependent, you know, obviously in terms of planning. But uh, there's a, there's a lot of flexibility with those plans, Walter. Well, speaking of individual, that. That word pops up in our next uh, term and type of plan to talk about, and those would be IRAs. And uh, I, I guess uh, I'll take the layman's perspective here. It, it seems like the first category we covered, the 401ks and the similar plans, those are all going to be work-based, right? And then we get into the IRA world, and that you don't have to necessarily have work uh, attached to executing that plan, right? Well, you don't necessarily have to have work in the terms that it's, it doesn't have to be tied to your employer, let's say, right? can do an individual in IRA or Roth IRA and there are some some income limitations and different things like that obviously that you know we're not going to go into the deep weeds of that but if you're a high earner there are certain rules that you have to follow and typically you're able to in one way or another if you want to get some additional monies put away you beyond you know what what's in the workplace plans you can but Walter if you're putting if you're making contributions into an IRA or a Roth IRA you know it has to come from earned income so it's, to your point it's not really work related on one hand on the other hand it is right because it it has has to be earned income it's not normally you know a scenario where you're you're contributing to an IRA or a Roth IRA through payroll deductions you're doing that independently and now that said you I mean there's um like automatically maybe maybe monthly draft your account and move it into into your IRA or something like that but it's, it's a little similar to a to a payroll deduction in that they're drafting it out of your account but it's but it's also has obvious the the obvious differences there. Great points there, Glenn. And so then we get this modifier. This one isn't necessarily like a, a plan on its own, right? But that word Roth that you brought up when first talking about the 401ks and 403bs get, also can be applied to the IRA world. So what's the difference or what's the purpose of then involving the word Roth into any type of account? Right. Well, I mean, your Roth is, you know, you, again, you're, you're, you're putting money in after taxes, right? And you, you pay the taxes first, and then the money is going into either the Roth 401k or the Roth IRA. And then the idea there is, is that it's tax-free when it comes out. Again, I mean, there, there are a couple rules there. I mean, there's, you know, there's a five-year rule. And, you know, again, we kind of talk in general terms to get an idea of, of how these things might apply. But, you know, any... Um, 
qualified plan, you know, through the tax code, there are going to be certain rules that you have to follow. But in general terms, you know, the Roth is after tax. That means you're putting it in there. You know, you're you're after you've paid the taxes. Now you're putting money in, and then and then from you know from that point forward, the idea is is, is like you know way down the road when you retire, when you start pulling that money out, then what what you put in plus the earnings are are both can be tax free. And so the idea there is, is that, you know, well, everybody wants to try to control their taxes as best they can. It's a little harder to do that in your, you know, working years because whatever your salary is or your earned income is, it's going to land on your tax return. And when you're in retirement or when you transition into retirement, sometimes you have a little bit of a choice that, hey, I want to pull a little bit from here, a little bit from there. Maybe you have Social Security, potentially pensions, but you're going to have multiple streams of income you know, in all likelihood when you're in retirement and they're not necessarily going to be all treated the same way in the, within the tax code. And so when you, you want to have uh, what I like to call tax aware planning, where you, you're, you're planning for how you're going to try to take your income and you're being strategic in terms of how you save, because you don't want to have everything exposed to taxation, you know, when you, when you, uh, when you reach, you know, retirement. And then, you know, because who knows what tax rates might be, you know, you know years down the line from here. If you're like most people, you, you look at what's going on with with the government and the and the, the national debt and the deficits and so forth and you think that there there may be a you know relatively high uh you know, a high probability that, that tax rates may be higher in the future. So that's something to be cautionary about in terms of, you know, putting money into tax deferred or tax postponed accounts, as I like to call them. That said, you know, you don't, you got to be careful too. You, you know, the, the idea is, is that, you know, a lot of people say, well, gosh, if I've got that to consider, maybe I'll just put everything into Roth and I'll just pay the taxes now. And, you know, and on the surface, that seems like a reasonable idea. However, there is these things called deductions when you, when you look at a tax return and the bottom line is, is that, you know, you, if you're familiar at all with, you know, with a tax return, you have your, you know, your sources of income, you add them all up and you have your adjusted gross income. And then you take out your deductions, which gets subtracted from that. And then you have what's called your taxable income. Well, if you've, if you've created a scenario where Walter, if all of your, if all of your income is coming in tax free, you know, some people might say, well, gosh, what's wrong with that? And there's not necessarily anything wrong with that, except for the fact that if you, if everything is tax free and your adjusted gross income equals zero and you're, you know, that doesn't mean your cash flow is zero. Maybe you have a lot of tax free, um, you know, you know, income coming in from, from the way you've put it away. The challenge is, is that if you don't plan and, you know, strategically, you could end up, you know, going too far in that, in that direction. And then your deductions go to waste. And, you know, and, and even in today's world, you know, when you look at a retired married couple, you know, we're very close to about $30,000 of, of uh, standard deduction, you know, these days. I mean, we're just under that, you know, depending on your ages and whatnot, but twenty-seven, twenty-eight thousand in that ballpark is the standard deduction for a married couple in retirement. And so, you know, if you if you if you don't if you're not able to utilize that, then you're kind of letting those deductions go to waste, you know, in a, in a way. So the idea there, Walter, is we'd like to try to have a, a similar dollar amount, you know, on on the adjusted gross income line as to what the deductions are, so that they can almost cancel each other out. You know, there's strategy that you know behind that, but the basic idea is is that we want to be as efficient as possible. And so for the, you know for the vast majority of people, it's going to be some combination of of some tax deferred money and then some tax free money, you know. And one of the major vehicles in order to create tax free money is is uh, for the future in, in retirement. Is, is utilizing Roth uh, IRAs and, and Roth 401ks or 403bs and those types of accounts. 
All right, so we'll let our listeners take a take a quick breath here. We've covered a lot of ground with these different uh, these different portfolio items and uh, and different plans here. So from four hundred one ks to IRAs and the Roths all involved. We're still not quite done with that term IRA yet, but we we start to get some more modifiers and some more differences popping up here. So if somebody encounters and hears the words simple, a simple IRA, or we'll throw in the same category, Glenn, a SEP, S-E-P, a SEP, uh, what what do these mean? What do these tell us? What do these clue us into uh, as we continue this discussion? Right. Well, these are these are typically, Walter, going to be used um, for you know self-employed folks, right? You, know, you will occasionally see you know small businesses using using like a simple IRA, you know, as their as their plan for you know to to offer that for their for their employees as well. But more often than not, at least in my experience, when I you know when I see folks that 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 have, that have utilized a simple IRA, they don't have a four hundred one k set up, you know, on their business, you know, and they're 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 self-employed. But yet they they want to save in a similar way, and so sometimes you'll see a simple IRA or a, you know a SEP, which is a you know self-employed pension, is basically the the SEP, and you know and that you know and that's a, a kind of a, an IRA type of an account as well. And there are some you know, rules around that. There's also you know in, in in more recent years, you know after after these were created, you know you also have a solo K or a solo 401k. Which is you know becoming you know more popular you know these days, but the the idea between with with all of these types you know the simple and the you know the simple IRAs and the SEPs and the and the solo is you know you're typically going to have somebody who's self-employed and you know and and you know and, and more often than not they're they're going to have you know uh, either either no other employees or maybe that maybe their maybe their spouse is employed or maybe they just have a you know a couple of employees and of course this you know the solo has some additional rules around it you you know you you're not not allowed to have you know um, other employees you know that working beyond a certain certain number of hours or a certain dollar amount you know in a, in a year's time so when you hear the term qualified plan it's you know we're talking about tax qualified so that's the that's that's a you know that's kind of a buzzword but it's also kind of a red flag to make sure that you're understanding tax implications and you know and, and hopefully strategizing with your tax preparer or your 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 advisor and hopefully they can work together to you know to, to help you you know strategize and and, and put together the most efficient plan you possibly can whether you're self-employed or or whether you're you know an employee you know employed with uh, with someone else or possibly a combination thereof I mean sometimes you have folks that are working for somebody else and they still have their you know maybe they have a little sideline thing going on and, the, and they and they're saving there too so again you got to make sure that you're dotting the I's crossing the T's and and following all the rules and you know and Walter, we could probably spend three days going into all of the weeds of all the different rules and so forth. You know, obviously today we're 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 trying to you know give out you know a, you know paint with a broad brush and give folks a you know an idea of how these different things work and who they might apply to and so where they you know they either either dig a little deeper of what they're already doing or maybe maybe you know learn a couple of things that hey maybe I should check into this too and that's something that I you know maybe I haven't haven't done as as much homework as I might have uh, you know should have you know in in the past to make sure that you're taking full advantage of of what you can and, and, and trying to put money away for retirement. All good points across the board here, Glenn. And so now let's take a slight shift in gears. We've talked really about these overall plans, but if we're talking about basics, uh, basics and retirement and the purpose of these different things, let's broaden the discussion just a little bit out from the account level and go down to some product level kind of things. 
if anyone's preparing for retirement or just in the financial realm, they're going to hear things like dividend stocks being a great strategy or product. CDs, of course, uh, that's always been kind of associated with uh, retirees, among other things. And then annuities. Uh, what about retirement products like that and any others you would you'd throw in the mix as well? Right. Well, I mean, there, there, there are things, there are things to obviously be aware of, right? And you want to make sure that you, that you educate yourself around that and you're working with an advisor that can help guide you. And, you know, and they have, you know, they have a, uh, you know, you want to make sure that you're working with somebody who specializes in, you know, working with, with folks in the retirement years or at the very least, you know, you know, probably not a bad idea to get a second opinion if, you know, and, and, and just evaluate whether or not you're, you know, you're, you're taking everything into account and you're, and you're, and you're you're taking advantage of all the things that you can. I mean, these you know these different things that we're that you're, you're kind of bringing up there, Walter. You know, annuities, CDs, dividends, you know, stocks. You know, what about life insurance? There's a lot of different things there. So, you know, in the insurance world, we obviously you know you can look at annuities, you can look at life insurance. You know, today's life insurance is there. There are ways of designing it, and there's different products out there that can have what we call living benefits, where you can access monies for you know, maybe long-term care or chronic illness or possibly even cash flow. You know, there's ways of designing, you know, different products to be able to do a variety of different things. And it's not necessarily just death benefit. Um, that said, you know, it also has, you know, it also is going to typically have some some tax advantages there, you know, so it's, uh, it's not going to be, uh, you know, a one size fits all where that that type of a product is going to be the right thing for everybody. There are certain places where it's going to fit and places where it's not going to fit. Kind of say the same thing about annuities, right? I mean, it's not always a good fit, but sometimes it is. You know, you can utilize an annuity product. You know, depending upon what type, there are there are there are there are kinds that are that have uh, principal protection. You know, and you know with where if the if the markets go down, they don't necessarily lose value, right? And you know that that can be that can be a way of of having some principal protection money that has uh, that has greater potential than something that might be sitting in the bank. You know, and and uh, and that kind of thing. They're also they're also so that that would be kind of a, a, a deferred annuity. You also have you have other annuities that they can potentially have have income benefits, or you know maybe create an income stream. And in essence, you know it's a, in, a, in a way, that, Walter, that there, you can potentially set up your own personal pension plan, so to speak, with those types of annuities. You know, and you, you can do it those as immediate, or you can do those as deferred income. You know, annuities. And you know those are very, very like I say, very similar to a pension. Typically, if you have a pension from work, or if you know somebody who has a pension at work, you know when they when they're signing up for that pension and they're making the final decisions, you know they're having to choose: do they want life? You know, they want income for life. Do they want joint life? You know, income if they're married. You know, then then they have you know those period certain. You know, it's like you know, do you want to make sure that it pays out for a period a period of time? You know, in addition to your life, in case something happens and you were to pass away early. And what that's you know what those things are telling you those are those are insurance those are insurance industry terms the facilitator of an annuity or a pension is an insurance company you know and typically you know the the employer if if they're offering that more often than not you know that when that money that is there in that in that and you know setting aside for that pension at some point is probably going to be transferred to an insurance company to administer that pension and so you know sometimes you know different folks have have different ideas about what annuities are and whether whether they're a good thing or a bad thing and what i would say walter is is that they are just a tool in the toolbox that they're not for everybody but for some folks they're they're a very good fit and they the and as i say you you want to make sure you understand
understand what they do and how they work and whether or not that they they might be a good fit for you because if they are you can oftentimes solve you know solve you know some other other issues that are out there in terms of principal protection or additional reliable income that you may not be able to do in other places if on the other hand you you know those things are not necessary in, in the way your plan is, is put together you might be looking to other things as, as as we've said many times Walter you know when when we're looking at something and, and, and somebody might ask the you know is, is this a good idea for me to you know use this or you know and then you fill in the blank well you know the answer is typically it depends right because not everybody's situation is the same and everybody everybody's kind of in a different different scenario and and what their objectives are and what they and what their resources are and so you know different strokes for different folks if you will same thing in terms of you know in terms of if you're looking at dividends and those types of things you know if you're in the markets you know the thing there is is that there are certain types of stocks or companies that will tend to you know create dividends or an income that you know that, that comes through there the the challenge there is is you know the consistency you know if the, if the market's turned badly or if that company is is you know is having a difficult time they may either you know reduce or eliminate their dividends during, you know for for a period of time or maybe you know for forever or there's other companies that have been there you know for a long time that have paid dividends you know you know all along the way so again it's there's different strategies that you want to you want to you know explore and understand and then you know and then work with an advisor that that, um, that is skilled in that area to, you know, to help you, you know, pick and choose what are going to be the right fits as, as it were, you know, for your particular situation and what's, what's going to, what's going to work best for you. Very good, Glenn. And I think it's a great breakdown of all of these different moving parts. I guess last but not least, any, just anything else that you would want to throw into this, perhaps choosing the right ones of these plans, since there are so many, how do we know the right one uh, to, to go about, you know, pursuing or incorporating into our portfolios or, you know, do these priorities change constantly? You know, is there, is there a reason one year to be more heavily focused on your 401k and another year to focus on Roth and, and vice versa? Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that they switch often, right? I mean, I think I think you know, there's there's you know, there's times to uh, to be thinking about you know what you know when you when you're when you're thinking about exit strategy, it's like in terms of what are you going to utilize first, and are you going to draw down this account and then go to that account, or you know, in terms of you know that we you know, might have different types of diversification, like we've talked about here with maybe some ta- you know some you know tax diversification. We also think in terms of you know time frame diversification. You're going to need the money you know right away in the next six months or a year or are you going to need it over the next five years or is it going to be you know maybe 10 years away before you're going to need this particular account to you know to be there for you you know that that all of those types of things and and that type of diversification comes into what i call you know retirement diversification and you know and what what to what to do and what what types of accounts to use you know they 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 do sometimes shift over time walter but again that 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 ends up being you know more often than not, you know, part of an overall plan to say, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna you know save this way, you know, and and uh, and we're going to be aware of and at least be educated about what you know what the you know what taxes might look like in retirement, meaning that you know how many different types of uh, you know streams of income are you going to have? Are you going to have a pension? Are you going to have social security? Are you going to have two social security checks coming into into the household? Have you saved money away in, into a four hundred one k or or a Roth? type of account or IRAs and try to you know work with someone who can help you determine you know what's the right amount of money to put into this type of account versus that type of an account it's next to impossible to save too much for retirement 
right? But but you can potentially save too much in any one type of an account. And what I mean by that is, is that, you know, just for an example, you know, if you were to save, you know, uh, you know, I see sometimes where folks have saved virtually everything they, uh, they've saved for retirement into a traditional IRA or traditional 401k type of an account, which simply means that none of it has been taxed yet. And so in, in some situations like that, they, they may be creating or they may have created, un, un, you know, unknowingly, you know, they, 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 they created a scenario where they're going to have, you know, a, a much, a much higher tax bill, or at least potentially in, in the retirement years. And it may have created a scenario where their social security is going to be more subject to taxation. And because, you know, social security, as we've said many times, is not inherently taxable, but it becomes subject to taxation based on how much other income you have. And so that's where we start to, you know, you know really get, you know, a little bit more into the, into the, the, the details of, 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 you know, what your overall plan is, what your what your income needs are, what your resources are, and put the plan together, and so that it's more and more efficient through time, so that you're you're not you're not leaving yourself exposed to you know to undue risk. And as you know, Walter, the the risks in retirement are are typically you know significantly different than the than the risks that you might have as you're as you're saving for retirement. So you know, and 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 that's you know we we're kind of scratching the surface there. But you know we we you know we find that there's there's lots there's lots of uh, there's different things in the marketplace and lots of different ideas and and advice and whatnot and and so you know as we've always said Walter you you know want to be you want to be aware of, of who you're listening to and and where where's their area of expertise and there's a lot of folks out there that are that are very very good in terms of helping people save for retirement. And sometimes those those very same people may not be the, the the most skilled in terms of you know the retirement you know income strategies and and how do you start taking money out of those accounts you know and and, and trying to be you know efficient and tax aware when you're doing you know when you're when you're when you're in that distribution phase you know so you, you just have to think in terms of where are you in life you know and and you know and, and are you are you listening to or are you you know you finding the right advice or are you getting a, you know a second opinion and in formulating you know that that those, you know, what I like to call exit strategies of how you're going to get the money out and and create the cash flow for you know for you and your and your and your family there and your typically your you know your spouse and you know if you're if you're looking to you know help kids or grandkids you know how how do you do that in the most efficient way so that you're not creating a you know a, a windfall for Uncle Sam or for the nursing home or you know or or possibly you know passing on you know a a, a you know a really big tax bill you know to you know to your heirs. You know, I mean, most people, you know, if they had a choice, they they would they would they would look to try to avoid that. But sometimes, if you if you if your if your plan is is not as as detailed in terms of how are you going to get the money out of the accounts that you you've been using for uh, to save for retirement, you know, th- those kinds of unintended consequences can sometimes happen. So I always encourage folks, you know, make sure that you're first of all start saving, but secondly, make sure that you're saving with a purpose and you know, and saving strategically, and um, you know, and not just blindly saying, okay, I'm going to just stuff as much money as I can into this account and I'll worry about, you know, how, how all it works out, you know, later down the line, you want to be doing some of that along the way as well. But obviously, first first step is save. Second step is you know, okay. Let's let's make sure that the, as you start saving more and more money, and then you're getting if you're when you start earning more and you're saving more, you really need to to, to you know to you know, to to you know, split some of your thinking to be okay. I've got to be a little bit more strategic. I don't want to create a scenario where where I'm you know I'm creating you know 
un, undo taxes, you know, for, for, you know, for myself or, you know, for my, you know, for whoever's, you know, inherits my accounts or, you know, I, I want to make sure that I've, I've got appropriate hedges in place that I've, that I've, that I've explored the different products that are out there that may be able to, to allow my money to do multiple things and, and give me ways of being efficient in terms of how I might be able to, to, to protect myself and, you know, and, and family with, you know, with the potential of long-term care expenses and those kinds of things. All of those things, Walter, are out there in the marketplace, and there's and there's different ways to strategize. And again, it just really depends upon who you are and, and what you, and you know how much you're earning and what you're saving and whatnot. But as I say, just you know, if I can't, if I can't, if I said it once, I can't. You know, I, I would say it a hundred times. You know, be strategic. You know, make sure that you understand how these accounts work and make sure that you're utilizing them properly and you're getting the advice that you know that helps you get the you know from here to there. Well, it's really great outline and illustration of all these different moving parts that are at our disposal. And I think that's the big takeaway here today, uh, just from listening to you, Glenn, is that don't be overwhelmed by all of these different options. View that as a strength to your preparation for retirement. You've got all of these different levers you can pull and different tools that you can tap into. And so that should be empowering as you prepare for your financial future. If you've got questions about any of these types of accounts, something that's in uh, in your portfolio or something that we talked about that maybe isn't in your portfolio that sounds like it could be a good fit for you, go through a planning and review process with Glenn Mosseller. You can actually get a free consultation by going to Roadmap Financial com and clicking on that free consultation button. You can also give them a call at 336-291-3535. That's 336-291-3535. Or again, online at roadmapfinancial.com. Glenn, thanks for all the help on the show today. Enjoyed this one, and we'll be talking again next week. All right. All right, Walter. Take care. You as well. That's your retirement savings basics, folks. The purpose of all these different types of accounts. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk to you next time on the Retirement Roadmap. Roadmap. 